Hello and welcome to another episode of Small Stocks, Big Money, our weekly podcast where we talk about small cap emerging growth companies. Today we have Simon Morris, CEO of Genetic Technologies, which trades on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol G-E-N-E. Simon, welcome. Hey, thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome and great to have you on this podcast. Simon, can you share with us a bit about your personal background and how it has shaped you into the entrepreneur that you are today? My career uh, over the last 25 years has been dedicated to healthcare, starting in uh, over-the-counter vitamins and supplements as a salesperson uh, in Australia. Moving then, I spent 13 years there with that organization, a company called Blackmore's. Then moving into a company called Sanofi, which is a global French pharmaceutical-based business in a commercial role, sales role, and a strategy role, and running the Australian Southeast Asian uh, organization for that company, which looked at vitamins again, looked at healthcare and ethical drugs, and looked at uh, over-the-counter medicines as well, but founded in healthcare. Then took a couple of years in consulting and then joined the genetic technologies team again, back into healthcare, where I found the love of continuing to build teams, build brands, and really have a positive impact on the health of populations around the world. So uh, my healthcare background, uh, I'm not a clinician, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, I'm a commercial guy who loves to build brands and build teams and build businesses. This leads to another question. What about your educational journey, Simon, and how has it contributed to your entrepreneurial mindset? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because my study when I finished school and university was in civil engineering and architectural drafting. So it actually adds a structured element to my entrepreneurial mindset. So while some entrepreneurs can be quite out there, free thinking and free flowing and free spirited in many, many ways, it actually really brings me back to a really nice structured approach to the way I execute my plans, create the vision, and set the vision and the strategy to build those plans. So, so it's a bit of the yin and the yang, if you like, sort of the building, the construction, and the structure, along with that entrepreneurial element there, really go nicely hand in hand. Give us some of the top experiences in your life that have propelled you toward entrepreneurship. Rebuilding organizations, rebuilding brands, rebuilding teams where they've had that lost element of leadership is something that I have had such a wonderful experience in over the 25 years in healthcare, in leading teams and building teams and building brands. So often I'll come into an organization where they need to completely shift from the direction that they were in to the direction that they need to go. And genetic technologies is a classic example of that. They were a very, very successful R&D innovation company. They needed someone with a commercial background to then take it to its next stage. So as I mentioned in a previous interview, is that for 20, 20 years or so, the company's invested so much money, time, effort, and energy in the R&D of the organization. The last 18 months, we've focused on creating those commercial pathways and unlocking those revenues for the organization. And now it's our chance to then over the next 18 months to 24 months, is create that real driver of revenue and that pathway to profitability for the organization. So uh, that's where I come into organizations when they need a different skill set than what they've had before. Now, those successes, those failures, those experiences, how have they changed and shaped genetic technologies? They all bring a tapestry of experience into what you've done well, what you could do better, and you can actually take all of those learnings and apply all of those learnings 
to the new organization. As I mentioned before, the, the company at the point in time where I was appointed was, a, was, was looking for a commercial leader, a leader to build big teams and bring the products that they'd so successfully developed and bring those to market. So from my perspective, it's all about delivering on the promise of improving the lives of populations around the world by early detection, and ultimately that will save lives. Simon, when you launched these genetic assessment tests, what were your initial objectives? What obstacles did you encounter? And how did you overcome any obstacles and challenges? So these risk assessment tests are absolutely, truly unique. They look at the risk or the absolute risk of a serious disease for an individual. So from our perspective, getting into the minds of the physicians who have never heard this before, education has been key. It's been slow, but it's absolutely key so that they can look beyond the deep penetrant gene mutations or family history. So in the case of breast cancer, when we launched this, 5% was linked to the BRCA gene, which most people uh, know about. 10% is linked to familial history, but 85% is completely random or sporadic. So education of consumers, education of physicians about that 85% of breast cancer they're diagnosed annually is actually not linked to either of the family history or a genetic mutation is a very, very new concept. So our education to physicians and consumers has to be absolutely crystal clear. They are some of the barriers that we face and they're not currently in the guidelines. Now we've submitted our tests to the guidelines committee for review because we've actually been able to identify that the implementation of our test will actually identify more at-risk patients than the current guideline standard of care. So we know that our test is actually a superior product in identifying more at-risk patients population-wide. So there's some of the challenges, but there's some of the benefits and some of the rewards. One of the biggest rewards is that it'll actually save the payer system money if they implement this test because they'll be screening the right people at the right frequency for the right diseases. That's what's so important about our test. Looking ahead, Simon, what is your vision for the future of genetic technologies? And what excites you the most about this outlook? Precision medicine is absolutely here. We are at the cutting edge of preventative healthcare using precision medicine through the identification of absolute risk of serious disease. We use AI and machine learning techniques in order to be able to create the most sophisticated tests that identify this absolute risk. So our vision is to be the world leader in precision medicine and preventative healthcare through risk assessment of serious disease. And that is where we wanna completely change the standard of care and that it becomes a standard of care that someone has a genetic test and that they're screening themselves for the right diseases at the right frequency to drive that early detection and save lives. That's what we're here for. Thank you, what a great story, Simon. Thanks for sharing it with us today. Thanks, Craig, pleasure to be here. Some of the companies featured on this episode are red chip client companies, and we may own stock in these companies. So please always read our disclosures at redchip.com.